Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. Those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale, and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. This episode then is going to be all about the basic fundamentals of dressage that we call the scales of training. I realise that I've spoken about these quite a lot recently and I wanted to do a whole podcast to explain what they are basically. So we're going to go through what the scales of training are, how they work, before we go a bit deeper into each scale and how they all link together. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do share it. The best way to do this is on social media and you can tag us in it too to let us know what you think. You can find us at Decomplicating Dressage. And also, if you have any questions about this episode or any others that you've listened to, you are always more than welcome to send us a message too. So during my years doing all the under 21 stuff they really drilled into us the need to know these scales of training and I'm going to be honest with you I didn't really see the point in it I think at the time I was very young very inexperienced and if I'm being totally honest I thought that I knew better than apparently list one judges and international trainers so we're just going to file that under a naivety bracket but I think it's great knowing the scales, but actually being able to piece together how it applies to you and your horse and that big picture of your training journey is the hard bit. So hopefully this is what we're going to be able to do in this episode is explain to you firstly what they are, but also how they actually apply within the normal levels that we think about of dressage. So prelim up to Grand Prix. I want you to think of the scales of training almost like a path to a Grand Prix horse. Now, there are two sides to training a Grand Prix horse. You need to teach them the movements, but you also need to teach them how you want them to move. 
Now with both, it's a journey. We don't get on a young horse and think, right, I need you to ride a collected trot and then go and ride a half pass and then pop into canter and go ride a line of one-time changes. It doesn't work like that. It's a process and we know it takes years. But that doesn't mean that we don't still have to have Grand Prix in mind. It's just we need to think of those steps that we need to take to get us to that stage where we have a horse that is physically and athletically able to do the movements and go in that way of going that we need for Grand Prix. So you need to think of those scales as training as those stepping stones. And they are the steps that we will take to a Grand Prix way of going. And a horse that is at least physically able to do those Grand Prix movements. But that doesn't mean that the scales of training are just for riders aiming for Grand Prix. The judges in every single test that you will ever do are going to score your tests in relation to those scales of training, as well as obviously the accuracy and presentation of everything that you do. So what are the scales of training? So there are six scales and think of them as six elements that make up a successfully trained horse. They are your six aims that if you have each one will mean that you have a fantastic way of going for the level that you are at. So let's run through them then. The first one is rhythm. The second one is suppleness. The third one is contact. The fourth one is impulsion. The fifth one is straightness and the sixth one is collection. So we're going to go through each one of these individually but think of each of them as that stepping stone, like we said before. And generally, you can't achieve one without having already achieved the ones above. So, for example, you couldn't achieve a good amount of straightness, with, which is number five, without having a good level of impulsion, contact, suppleness and rhythm, which are our one, two, three, four. So every scale needs to be achieved to some degree at each level. But as you progress through the levels of dressage, the degree to which you need each scale increases. So, for example, the amount of suppleness that you need for prelim is just enough to be able to do a straight line, 20 metre circle, 15 metre circle, and for the horse to be able to work forward into a contact over their back. But then as we get to medium, they need to be able to do half passes, shoulder ins, travers, but also be able to open and extend their back and compress their back for the collection and medium and extended work. By the time they get to Grand Prix then, they need to be able to compress their body so much for the PF and open their body for the extended, as well as ride those steeper half passes and pirouettes. And the same theory applies for all the scales. As you go through the levels, it gets harder to maintain these six basic fundamentals as we start to ask more of our horses. So we're going to need a higher degree of that rhythm, suppleness, contact and so on. So let's go through each one individually then. So number one is rhythm. Now, this is the one that most people argue about as whether it should be the first one. Some people say that you can't have a horse in a rhythm without having a contact and impulsion, and to some extent, a degree of suppleness. So they think that it should come later on. But again, we need to think about what rhythm means at prelim is very different to what it means at Grand Prix. 
At prelim, rhythm just means that we want regular paces. So we're thinking a four beat walk, two beat trot, three beat canter. And that this beat needs to remain the same. So we shouldn't be seeing any unlevel or uneven steps. At prelim, the horse is expected to maintain this same beat, or we call it tempo, in a medium or free walk, and a working trot and a working canter. In other words, they just need to be able to maintain the same pace, the same speed, the same tempo. But when collected medium and extended paces get introduced, the horse needs to be able to maintain that same tempo, even though they may be covering more ground or less ground, and keep the tempo in those transitions into and out of all our different paces the same. So the next one then is suppleness. At the beginning, when we look at suppleness at prelim, we're just looking for the muscles to be relaxed, that they're being used correctly and that the muscles don't get tense and tight when the rider applies an aid. So let's say the rider asks a horse to go forward, that they don't get tense and tight when they go forward or completely refuse the rider's aid in the first place. But as we progress through, we begin to want to see the muscles over that top line working. And the top line are just those muscles that run from the horse's hind legs over the quarter and the loins, up the wither, all the way up to the pole. And this is why we see the free walk and that trot stretch come into the tests at prelim and novice, so that the judge can see if the horse is truly relaxed and using those muscles over their top line. We then start to look at a horse's lateral and longitudinal suppleness, and this comes into play kind of novice elementary level. So the lateral suppleness is simply the horse's ability to be able to bend their body left and right. And that's going to be used for our leg yields, shoulder ins, travers, half passes, pirouettes, so on. And then we have longitudinal suppleness. And this is just the horse's ability to be able to extend and compress their body, which we're going to need for the medium and extended paces, as well as the collecteds and the pirouettes, piaf, passage. Again, as we go through the levels, we need the horse to have more longitudinal and more lateral suppleness to be able to complete the movements as well as still have those muscles free from resistance. So even though a horse may be going in a left half pass, they shouldn't look tense and tight with all those muscles like really fixed. Let's look at the contact then. So when we talk about the contact, it's really important to mention that the contact should not be created from the rider pulling back on the horse's mouth, but instead it's supposed to be the rider using their legs to push the horse into the contact. And by doing this, it's going to mean that the horse brings their hind legs more underneath them and pushes through those top line muscles that we spoke about before. So over the back, neck, through the pole, out the front end. It's then that energy that the rider feels and holds on to, which is our contact. So for this, we know that we need a certain level of suppleness so that our horses are able to go over that back, neck, pole, over those muscles to be able to go into a good contact. Now, when we have this contact, it should feel light, soft, elastic, almost like the horse is lightly pulling your hand forward. And when this happens, we have what we call a connection. And I almost want you to imagine it's like a box or a bubble. So you use your legs to push the horse forward, meaning that you get control over that back end. 
And that light contact means that you have control over that front end. It then feels like you have that horse in a bubble or a box. They're working underneath you and they're not falling out the front end and leaning on the forehand or running forward. And they're not falling out the back end with the hind legs trailing. Now, this connection completely changes how a horse moves because they start to be rhythmical, more balanced and able to cover more ground. So it's really important, especially when we start to look at the kind of novice elementary work. As we progress through the levels, though, we start to expect the horse to be in self-carriage. And all this means is that the horse is able to balance themselves off the hind leg and doesn't need to rely on the rider to hold them up. This is why we start to see the give and retakes in tests. So the judge can see if the horse is actually balancing themselves or if they're leaning on the rider's hand. As we go up through the levels, we start to ask the horse for more collection, which requires them to put more weight onto their hind legs. This means that we have more weight on the hind leg, which is gonna need them to have to push more to maintain that contact. Now, when we come to the PF, the passage, the canter pirouettes, the strength needed from the hind legs is even greater because even more weight is put onto those hind legs, requiring even more energy needed to be able to keep pushing forward. Now we're going to look at impulsion then. So I want you to think of impulsion as the power or energy of the horse. It's created in the horse's hind legs, which should push and propel the horse forward. And it's this energy that goes through the horse's body to create that secure elastic contact. And this contact is the thing that we use to stop the energy falling out the front end and the horse getting faster and faster. Without the contact, then we'd never be able to create enough energy because all that energy would just fall out the front door with our horses racing around everywhere. At prelim, we as the rider need to have the ability to be able to turn the energy on and off just for our transitions and to be able to keep that same trot. At novice and elementary, we then need more control to not only be able to turn the energy on and off, but to be also able to turn it up and down for our medium and our extended paces. It isn't just a case of how much energy or how much activity we can create in the hind legs, but it's also about where that energy goes. We always need that energy to be pushing forward into the contact. Otherwise, the horse's energy is going to get stuck underneath us, which is going to make those paces look like they don't travel anywhere or cover any ground. So the ultimate aim for any rider when it comes to impulsion is to be able to ask for more and more energy and activity while still being able to control that energy as well as where that energy goes. The more controlled energy we, we can create, the more athletic and able our horses will be. But it cannot be at the expense of the rest of our scales. So it's a really fine line. We've said already, though, that as we go through the levels, we ask our horse to carry more and more weight on the hind legs. And this requires more and more energy to be able to push off of those hind legs. So this means that as we progress through the levels, our horses need to get stronger in the hind end. But it's also a case about the reaction we get with the impulsion. As we go through the levels, we need a quicker reaction from our leg. And so the ability to be able to turn on and off and up and down the impulsion can become really quick. 
Now we're going to look at straightness. So straightness is the first thing we will get judged on in every single dressage test with that first center line that we all have to do. When we think of straightness, we think about the horse's back end following the same line as the front end. So those hind legs should be following the tracks of the front legs. And this applies to both a straight line and a circle. But to have a straight horse, we need that connection that we spoke about where we need the control over the hind legs to make sure they're pushing forward. Without this, the horse is just going to end up pushing sideways through the quarters the whole time. And we also need a constant, even contact. And without this, the horse is just going to end up falling out and in through a shoulder. Now, most riders tend to favour a side and this can result in crookedness. So we always say a crooked horse makes a crooked, sorry, other way around. A crooked rider makes a crooked horse. So a crooked rider might sit more to one side. They might lean one way or they might have a stronger contact in one rein than the other. All of these will mean that the horse needs to compensate for this. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to balance themselves. And this compensation will generally be that falling in or out of the shoulder or a pushing in and out with the hind end. In this case, it's really important to make sure that we as the rider are straight first before we start looking at our horses. When we look at how to create straightness, though, we need to be able to look at how much straightness we need as we go through the levels. So it's similar to what we said about the impulsion and the contact. Obviously, because we know our straightness is created by a good level of impulsion and a secure, even contact. So we start to ask our horses to take more weight behind as we start to go up through the levels. And when we do this, it requires our horses to use more energy to keep pushing themselves forward into that contact. But what quite often happens is that the energy gets stuck underneath the rider, so it doesn't keep pushing forward through to the bit. This then means that the horse isn't connected, so the rider doesn't have that control over that back end or that front end. So we don't have them in that nice little bubble. So the horse is basically free to be able to move their body around how they want. Not only that, but as we progress through the levels, we expect our horses to be more supple. So our horses end up with a greater ability to be able to move their hindquarters or shoulders independent of the rest of their body. Now, this can work both in our favour and against us. The horse is going to find it easier to move their body around and easier to not be straight. But at the same time, the rider should be able to move those shoulders and hindquarters around much easier. So they should also find it easier to fix any straightness issues that they come across. Now, the final scale is collection. So think of collection just as the amount of weight that the horse holds on their hind legs. As we progress through, we aim to get our horse progressively taking more and more weight onto their hind legs. So a horse needs to be able to be relaxed first, able to push from the hind end into an even contact over that soft and supple back before they are able to ride into any form of connection. When we start in dressage at prelim, we see the horses move relatively horizontally along the ground. The paces are quite flat, with the horse generally being more in the forehand. Now, when we get to novice, whilst we're not expected to ride collected paces, 
we see the start of developing the collection. So we start to ask the horse to take more weight behind, even if it's just for a few strides. And we see that with the 10 meter circles, the transition to halt, and those transitions from our medium back to our working pace. By the time we get to Grand Prix though, the majority of the horse's weight is on the hind legs to the point where they're able to trot on the spot for the PF and they're able to sit and bring their shoulder around their hind legs for the pirouettes. There's also a point with collection that happens normally around the prelim novice stage where the rider feels like the medium trot strides are just their horse running faster and they feel like they have to really pull their horse around a small circle. And those transitions from trot to halt or getting the horse to come back literally feels like you're trying to stop a steam train. And this is the point where you need to start thinking about the collection because this will just be where the horse is carrying their weight on the forehand and trying to do movements that need them to sit on their hindquarters, at least even just for a little bit. Now, it takes time for the horse to be able to get stronger in the hind end so they're able to carry more weight behind. So it is a process. But like we said, the amount of collection that is required at prelim is less than the amount of collection that's required for novice and elementary and so on. So I hope that I've made it really clear that when it comes to the scales of training, you need to almost imagine you need to progress through each scale from one to six each time you complete a level in dressage. And then when you go up a level, you go back through those scales again. But this time, a higher degree of rhythm, suppleness and so on is needed. Working like this is going to help you to think about what you actually need from your horse for each level, what you need to work on and improve at the level you're at. And it's also going to really help you to know when it's time to progress up a level too. It's really important to know that some of the skills your horse might find easy aren't necessarily going to be the same that they're going to find easy in the level up. And also, some horses are going to find some scales easier than others. So some are going to take more time to establish than others. Every horse and rider is different. And it's also okay if you feel you need to jump between the scales. So, for example, if you struggle with the horse taking the contact you might find it's because your horse isn't pushing forward from the hind leg. In this case, you would work on the impulsion, which is scale number four, before going back and looking at the contact, which is scale three. But you also do need to think about whether it is the rhythm or the suppleness that's affecting the contact first, because it is quite likely that it could be scale one and two first that is going to influence scale three, and likely one, two, three, four, five, are going to influence scale six. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do share it. The best way to do this is on social media, like I've already said. And if you have any questions at all about what we've spoken about, please do message me. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.